Testing. Let's see. Can I run the sound in? Kevin, would you be able to stand here? Or All right. Yeah. All right. Go ahead and turn in your Bibles to Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy 19 is where we're going to start. We're going to move all over the place tonight, and we're going to see if I can get through this in one night, but hey, that's all right. I, I've got two nights, so if I can't, then I can just move it to next week and finish. Deuteronomy 19, verse 14 is where we're going to start tonight. Uh, if I can find it, there it is. All right, Deuteronomy 19, 14. Thou shalt not remove thy neighbor's landmark, which they have of old time have set in thine inheritance, which thou shalt inherit in the land that the Lord thy God giveth thee to possess it. Turn over to Deuteronomy 27, 6, uh, 17. And if you've got 17 fingers, go ahead and keep one in each of these places because we're going to go back and forth to them. So just a warning to you. Deuteronomy 27, 17, cursed. Be he that removeth his neighbor's landmark. Now, when, when God mentions something once, it's, you know, important, obviously. But when he mentions it multiple times, it's something we need to keep track of. Go a little farther. Go to Proverbs 22. Proverbs 22. And we'll, we'll give you a test here real quick and see who's, who's the keen one. Proverbs 22, verse 28 says, Remove not the ancient landmark which thy fathers have set. Go a little farther. Uh, Proverbs 23, verse 10. Proverbs 23, 10. Remove not the old landmark and enter not into the fields of the fatherless. Who sees the connection? Who's our, who, what's our key word? Landmark. Landmark. When you're reading your Bible here, what's a landmark? We can talk. It's, wait, this is a two-way conversation one. What's a landmark? Anybody? There's not, I guess there is a run. Something that describes where you are. A a description, a a mark of things. In in the Bible, what what we're talking about is a landmark of property. Uh, Today, we have surveyors, and we have GPS locations, and we have... Uh, uh, plots that you can get of, okay, this, this is my boundary of my plot. So it goes from this landmark, as the Bible would call it, to this landmark, to this one, to this one, and they're all put together in a nice fancy document and put down to the courthouse or to your, the lawyers, and you have records that way. Well, back, back in Bible time, in ancient times, they didn't have all that. They didn't have uh, the guy that had the wheel that Okay, it's 50 feet from the house. All right, let's keep going. They didn't have all that stuff. So they just, this is the end of my property, so I'm going to put a landmark here. I'm going to dig a hole and put a big stone, or I'm going to put a pile of rocks there, or I'm going to, uh, I read that they dug trenches through a field to say this is my boundary. From, from there to that landmark, to the other landmark, to that landmark, back to this landmark, is my property. That landmark was set for, to give people to understand this is my area. This is my property to show who's the owner 
of that property, but also uh, uh, to show what the purpose of that property was. And, and that removing not the ancient landmarks, uh, sadly we live in a day today in America that God has set landmarks in this country. But today those landmarks are being pushed and moved and removed. Uh, and you're there, uh, like I said, get your finger back to Deuteronomy 19, 14. It says, thou shalt not remove thy neighbor's landmark. Well, that's interesting. My neighbor's landmark. It doesn't say necessarily my landmark. It says my neighbor's landmark. I read an article, historians wrote about uh, some interesting practices. If, if you wanted to make your land a lot bigger, there was an easy way to do it. You would go out at night, or when the owner of the other field next to you was not there, and you would move that landmark two feet. No, nobody's going to see a two-foot move. I mean, it might take most of the night, depending on how big the rock is or how big the hole is that was dug for it, but you could move it two feet, three feet, and then, and then leave it alone for a week. And then the next night, go, go out and move it another two feet. And before long, you could essentially steal your neighbors a lot of their land before they ever even knew anything. And they don't have a court document to go to to say, wait, no, no, it's not there. It's supposed to, it used to be over there. No, that's, that's the landmark you set, right? Well, yeah, that's, that's the pile of rocks that I put. Well, that's right here's your plot. This is where your, your boundary ends. And, and sadly, today, uh, that's happening more and more and more in our, our churches and in our country here. And, and God knew uh, the dishonesty of our hearts which is why he specifically says, don't remove thy neighbor's landmark. Uh, it, it, not just don't move it because they don't want you to steal and everything like that, but it shows who's the owner of that property. Uh, today, God in heaven has landmarks in your life if you're his child. He has landmarks in your life saying, these are my boundaries for my child because he's mine. You're not your own if you're saved. I'm not my own. We go turn to 1 Corinthians. We know these verses. 1 Corinthians 6, 19. First Corinthians 6, 19. We're not our own. What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own, for ye are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. There's somebody that owns your life, somebody that has put landmarks in your life to show you're theirs. Before you got saved, uh, you did not have those certain landmarks. You, didn't, you weren't a child of God. When you were uh, in, in the family of the devil, essentially, in darkness, you had different landmarks. But when God paid for your sins and with his blood and you accepted his salvation, his gift, his 
good news of the gospel, he put landmarks in your life to prove that you're his. Uh, some people don't like that. I, I don't like the fact that I, somebody owns me. Well, the fact of the matter is, when you got saved, you voluntarily accepted that deal. You, you didn't get a choice to say, I'm, I'm going to get saved, but leave this out of that. You know, I, I still want this side. You know, put a boundary here, even though technically my property goes here. No, God, God said, I own all of you. You may not surrender all of it, but God owns all of you. Look over at verse uh, chapter 7. You're there in 1 Corinthians 6. Look at chapter 7. Uh, let's start in... Let's start in 20. 7, 1 Corinthians 7.20 Let every man abide in the same calling wherein he was called. Art thou called being a servant? Care not for it. But if thou mayest be made free, use it rather. For he that is called in the Lord... Being a servant is the Lord's freeman. Likewise, also he that is called being free is Christ's servant. Ye are bought with a price. Be not, be not ye the servants of men. It, it's, it's trying to explain to you that you're not your own. I, I, I might have said that once or twice before, but we're not. if you're saved, you are bought with a price. You are not your own. You can't. And shouldn't do whatever you want to do. Uh, when you're a servant, when you're a servant of a new master, your job is to please that new master, not to please you. Uh, we, we are made in the likeness of him to serve him, to give him glory, to bring him glory and honor. Uh, the, the song says, So long I search for life's meaning. Enslaved by the world and my greed. Then the door of my prison was opened by love. For the ransom was paid, I was free. I'm free from the fear of tomorrow. I'm free from the guilt and the past. I've traded my shackles for a glorious song. I'm free. Praise the Lord, free at last. When I got married, uh, before you got married, before I got married, uh, I was you know, single. I, I did whatever I wanted to do. Which I, I did what, what I needed for myself to do. Uh, uh, it was a look out for me kind of thing. But when you got married, you're not by yourself anymore. The, the Bible says that these two, oh, I lost my place, and they twain shall be one flesh. You're one. You're not, you're not thinking for yourself any longer. You're not... It's not just about you, and, and marriage is a picture of Christ and the church. When you got saved, you became a part of that church, which means you and Christ are one. That, it's a picture of you two being one in the idea that Christ now owns you. Head back to Deuteronomy. I've got to show you something. Deuteronomy 19. Deuteronomy 19.14 says, Thou shalt not remove thy neighbor's landmark. And look at this, which they of old time have set. Keep that, that phrase, which of old time. Keep that phrase. Go, 
Go to, uh, again, Proverbs 22. Proverbs 22. Sadly, today in America, we're trying to get pushed away from that phrase. We're trying to get away from the old stuff. Proverbs 22, 28 says, Remove not the ancient landmarks. Proverbs 23 says, Remove not the old landmarks. Something that is ancient uh, has been there for a while. It's set in place. It's pretty unmovable. You know, when when we tried to dig out some of these posts and stuff, one of the things that I I was worried about was, oh, great, did they cement this into the ground? This is going to be fun. But Brian was like, oh, no, this is pretty new. They just recently did this. It won't be that difficult to get this post out versus something that has been in the ground for long enough to call it ancient, say that it's pretty well stuck in there. That, that is something, uh, not only does these landmarks show that this is my, or who I belong to, or, or where the property, who owns it, but it also shows the longevity of the operation. God is in this thing for the long haul. Uh, he, he don't, don't be shying away from the fact that this church is an old-fashioned, uh, uh, Bible-believing, old-fashioned hymns, uh, uh, Bible-preaching church. Uh, the old paths, uh, I'm not ashamed to be called a fundamental Baptist Christian. That there's nothing wrong with that. We're, we're going through that now with Preacher. He, he's going through what it means to be a fundamentalist and what it means and what it does not mean. Going through that, uh, it's very important to know where you came from. Because what has worked for years and centuries still works today. Today's church may not agree with that. Uh, You see them changing that over and over and over. But God didn't change it. God didn't set out a new proverb about, you know, if if it's not really working for you, try this. There's not a, a, you know, wait, there's more, like an infomercial. That's not the way this Bible was written. Uh, Think of Malachi 3.6. We don't turn there, but you guys know it. For I am the Lord. I change not. God's not the one that is going around and while you're sleeping and it's at night, he's going to move that landmark away and, oh, now contemporary music's okay. He, he's, not, he's not the one that changes. He doesn't go over to this landmark and go, okay, now we're just going to, oh, they, nope, they're not looking. I'll just move this over here. Now any version of the Bible's fine. Now, God didn't change anything. God set it in stone just like he did the, oops. Stay. What are we doing here? I broke it. I'm sorry. Uh, God did not change things. Just like he wrote out the Ten Commandments in stone, what does it say about God's Word? It's going to last forever. It's settled in heaven. It's essentially written in stone. God's not changing this book and not changing what it says and not changing how it's said. Hebrews 13 8 says, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and today, and forever. God's not the one changing Christianity. 
God's, his Bible is not the one changing what, the way churches are ran, the way churches are doing their services. We are. Jesus was the foundation of the church, and it was set over 2,000 years ago. It's not going to change. It's not going to move. And there's no reason to question things and change things and say, well, I don't really agree with that in the Bible. Let's take that out. It's time we just do what the Bible says. We have a generation, sadly, today who's trying to change it trying to say that the old way, the way Grandpa did stuff, eh, that old-fashioned, I don't need to do that. I don't like that. I don't like how it, it I, I like how this music makes me feel. It makes me feel like I, I, I'm, I'm getting something from this. They call us dinosaurs. They call us old-time preaching, old-fashioned. And they can't wait for us to die, to be honest can't wait till they're not having somebody to fight with. But think out through the years, the landmark of this book. Worked for your grandpa when he got saved. Worked for grandma when she got saved. Worked for dad when he got saved. And it worked for you when you got saved. And you know what? It's going to continue to work the same way it always has. Till Christ comes back, I'm sticking with this landmark. Look back at Proverbs 22. You still might be there. Proverbs 22, 28 again. Remove not the ancient landmark, which thy what? Fathers have set. Dads, me included, that's our job. It's our job to make sure those landmarks stay in place. Uh, to be honest, it's because your family depends on it. Pastor said this many a times. Kids may not come up to you and say, man, thank you for, for being so strict with me. <laughs> thank you for not letting me go out and play when I needed to do my homework. Thank you for not letting me do... They won't say that as kids, but I can guarantee you if you stick with it, they'll say it when they get older. Landmarks, Dad, you're, you're in charge of keeping the old ancient landmarks and setting them and keeping them in your family. The sad thing is today's families, they say, well, I, I raised my kids. I, I raised the, they, I, they went to church every Sunday. Why, why are they the way they are? Well, the problem is, is the church isn't supposed to be the one that raises your kids. You are at home. The church is supposed to enforce what's happening at home, but the kids learn Christianity and what it means to be a Christian at home first. They see that 24 hours a day, and then they can come to church and learn and get it more solidified that, oh yeah, what dad's teaching and what we're doing at home, that's, that lines up with what the Bible says. But sadly, today's churches move the landmarks to be closer to what the world's landmarks look like. I don't know, I, I, I like playing sports. Uh, football and soccer were my, my two. But we had a rule in our family that no matter if there was practice or a game on Sunday, it didn't matter. 
I was going to be in church. It didn't matter if there was a game or a, a practice on Wednesday night. I knew our landmark was I was going to be in church. And guess what? When my kids, Charlie, I don't know, he's kind of not coordinated. I don't know how soccer would work out, but maybe it would be good for him. Uh, but if he ever decides to start playing any sports, he was in karate for a little bit, if, if it ever got to the point where it was, well, uh, yeah, you, you've got a game on Wednesday, and this will be the first game, and no. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm going to be at church. And they learned that from you, dad, and mom, setting that landmark in place. And then I learned it. And then I set it for my family, for my kids. What landmarks are you setting in your house? Because you're setting landmarks, whether they're good or bad. There are landmarks being set. There are boundaries that are being set. Don't move the ones that have been old and tried and true and based in the word of God. Job, turn to Job 24. Why, is, why are landmarks so important? Why would God mention over and over, don't move the old and ancient landmarks? Don't move your neighbor's landmark. Job 24. Job 24, verse 1. Why seeing times are not hidden from the Almighty? Do they, not, do, they, do they that know him not see his days? Some remove the landmarks. And they violently take away flocks and feed thereof. Some remove those landmarks. And, and it limits, those landmarks that we set up limit what you can do. They're rules. They're, they're, they're boundaries to live by. We don't go to movies. We don't drink. We, we don't smoke. We don't do a lot of things. And a lot of times kids you know, fight against that landmark. And that boundary. But those landmarks are there for a purpose. Dad, be vigil. Be careful because the devil in this world wants nothing more than you to have a very loose landmark that they can come in and move. And look again there, verse 2. When some remove the landmarks... What happens? They violently take away flocks. What happened to your kids? Depends on how strong that landmark is in your life and in your family. What happens down the road with your family and, and how well they turn out for Christ all depends on how solid and how much you fight for those landmarks. Look at the next thing, right after that. They not only violently take away the flocks, they feed thereof. They're not just in it to take away our kids and everybody. They're there to consume them. 
It satisfies them. They, they have, have you ever met, and, and we've seen this recently and in times past, that kids get out of being in a strict or a Christian home, and all they want to do is throw everything away. Everything they've ever learned and been taught, they go off the deep end. And then what do they do when they're off in the deep end? They bash everything over here. Lie and tell everybody, this is horrible. What are you guys doing? How can you do that to your family? They take pleasure in taking away the flock. They attack and attack because they know that they aren't just going to come in and just ask them to come away. It says they violently take them. They take them. Why, why is it that the highest percentage of people that convert to Mormonism and Islam today are from independent, fundamental, Bible-believing Baptist churches? Why? It's because churches and those families have let those landmarks be moved. Or they start to lean over because the rain came. I never grew up on a farm, but I've, I've seen a lot of times where the, the farmers are out, especially in horse farms, they have you know, their, their whole yard, yard field, uh, big yard, uh, is fenced in. And a lot of times it's with barbed wire. And, and they constantly have to go back and mend the fence. If they didn't mend the fence, those horses would escape and get out. So they mend the fence. These landmarks are the same way in your life and in my life. We don't just set them and, okay, that's good enough. I dug a hole. We're good. The devil attacks those landmarks and constantly works on pushing that landmark over and over and over. And we have to go back and make sure we shore them up and fight for them. I won't let have you turn there. Hosea 5.10 says, The princes of Judah were like them that removed the bound. Can't we change things, Josh? I mean, this... Oh, well, well, there went my analogy. This old hymn, I mean, yeah, it has a lot of good hymns in it, but it's, it's just not... It's not this, people today, they don't want to hear hymns. They want to they have, you know... Big band sounds, and, and, and they want to have really uh, a fancy uh, singing with it, and they want to have all these, you know, I want to be able to go from, from the nightclub the night before on Saturday and walk into church and not see any difference. You know, it, I'd like it to still be dark because most likely I'll have a hangover, and I don't want it to be really bright, and I, I, want, I want to have the same type of music playing so it just feels the same, and I can... You know, go through my life, and yeah, I went to church. Yeah, it was great. But how are we going to get the young people if we don't change the way we are? How, how come we can't get young families in? It's because we don't have the, the new age of type of contemporary music. We're not drawing them in because of this. Don't back up. Don't back down. Don't give up. Don't let that landmark slide because it's a very slippery slope. Pastor said it a lot of times. Once, once you give an inch to this, 
you have to give two inches the next time. And then you've got to give three inches the next time. Because that first inch satisfied them the first time, but the second time, they're not just satisfied with that. They've got to have a little bit more. And we need a little bit more. And we need a little bit more. And soon, you don't even know where your landmark went because it's, it's gone. You, you picked it up and moved it a couple times or allowed the world to move it a couple times, and now they just took it away. Because what's the point of having the landmark if you're not even going to pay attention or, or obey it? One more verse, uh, 1 Corinthians 14. Remember he said in Job that they violently take away the flocks? Why is it so, so much that when people get mad in church and get mad at, we say the preacher, but really they're just mad at the, what the Bible says, that they don't just leave by themselves, they take others with them. I've never heard of a split of one family leaving. <laughs> that church splits don't, oh, I got mad, I'm leaving. No, they take other people. They, they violently take others. And why, why can't they just leave by themselves? It's because that's not the way the Bible says they do it. 1 Corinthians 14, 33. I'm not even there. I got to catch up. Fourteen thirty-three. For God is not the author of confusion, but of peace, as in all churches of the saints. If your landmarks at home are different than your landmarks at church, what does your kids understand about that? We, we, we talk about today with these kids, they don't even know what gender they are because these schools are indoctrinating them with all this junk. You're confusing them. Well, guess what? When, when you come to church and act one way and you go home and you act a total different way, you're doing the same thing. These kids are getting confused. Which way are we supposed to be, Dad? Am I, am I supposed to, to, to live right and no cursing and we shouldn't watch anything with cursing and, and we, we should be uh, respectful to people? Or, or when we get home, you just watch whatever you want to watch at home. And they curse all the time on the movies that you watch and and you drink every once in a while just for social reasons just you know because it's you know we got to be social well when your kids get older and it's time for them to have a family and set landmarks they're going which one do i do i don't know which one am i supposed to set myself do i set this one and i can guarantee you and pastor says many times what you do in oh great now in moderation, they'll do in excess. What you allow, you're, you, you set two landmarks. One's a strict landmark and one's a loose one. Which one do you think your kids are going to do? Same idea. Uh, here, here's some broccoli, Emma, for supper. Here's some broccoli for you. Or you can have this pile of chocolate. It's up to you which one you want. But, you know, this one's more healthy than this one. So hopefully you make the right decision. Well, no. You're confusing the kids when you, when you act one way and do something totally different. God's not the author of that. It's important to set those land par landmarks because it sets those limits for your family. We don't miss church. 
when the doors are open. Why? Because that's a landmark that was passed down to me, and I set myself. We, we, don't, we don't drink, we don't smoke, we don't watch certain things. We, pastor says, man, might as well just use all of pastor's messages. To, he says a lot of times, it's not because I don't get to do those things, it's because I don't have to. As a child of God, I'm not bound by sin. I don't have to do those things. I have a choice to say no. I'm not going to let that landmark slide. One more verse. I lied. Okay, one more verse. Jeremiah. Jeremiah 6. Jeremiah 6.15. God's not the author of the confusion. We're the ones that are doing it. And we're allowing it. Jeremiah 6.15 says, Where they, Were they ashamed when they had committed abomination? Nay. They were not at all ashamed, neither could they blush. Therefore they shall fall among them that fall. At the same time, that I visit them, they shall be cast down, saith the Lord. Look at verse 16. Thus saith the Lord, Stand ye in the way, and see, and ask for the old paths. Where is the good way? And walk therein, and ye shall find rest for your souls. That's the way we should be. We should be asking and looking for the old paths, and trying to walk on those old paths, and lead our families in those old paths. But sadly, it doesn't end there. Israel said, but they said, we will not walk therein. You know what God's plea for us? Stand in the way and ask for the old paths. God put those landmarks back in my life that were there that you set, that, that my parents set. Maybe you didn't grow up with parents that even went, took you to church. Maybe you are the first to set that landmark. Do it so that the next generation can also see it and set it. My kids are out of the house. I don't have kids. They're all old enough. You still set landmarks. You're still an example to them. We need a revival back to those old landmarks. I don't know why I keep... These flowers are now the landmarks, by the way, in my analogies. The sad thing is, is most Christians today say the same thing this ending of this verse say. We will not walk therein. We'd rather have the, the rock music. We'd rather have the contemporary music. We'd rather have these emotional roller coasters of going to these big worship services where there's absolutely nothing happening spiritually, or at least this spiritually. We'd rather have that than the old past. We'd rather have that than what God has set in, set in ancient times, the landmarks for our lives, for our church. Be happy that you're in a church that the landmarks aren't going to be moved. No matter what, pastor's not moving those landmarks. 
And if he tries to, I can guarantee you there's a lot of us that are going to fight him and keep those landmarks if he does try to move those landmarks. Because why? Because it's based off of this. And if those landmarks are based off of the Word of God, then they're set forever and settled in heaven. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you so much for uh, tonight, uh, for your Word, Lord, to be able to have something we can go to as, as a guide, as a, uh, a way to live our lives, a guidebook, a, a landmarks that we need to have in our own lives. I pray that if, if we have landmarks that you've set that, that have come down through the years uh, that we've allowed to, to relax on, uh, that we've allowed to be moved or just completely removed them because we didn't like it, God, I pray that you, you break our hearts and to realize that we need those landmarks. The old paths are the right way. The old paths are the thing that will give us, as your word says, it's the good way. And walk therein, because we'll find rest for our souls. Lord, I, I pray that we, uh, you use this uh, to to. Recharge us, re, re, uh, remend those spots that are, are falling apart. Lord, and I pray that you be glorified and you be honored because it's, it's what you want. And ultimately, that's the goal of why we uh, raise our families and, and keep those landmarks and, and try to stay true to the old past because it's the way to please you. God, I thank you for all that you do. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You are dismissed.